Paolo Bencaro is officially an NBA All-Star. He has played his first NBA All-Star game. And the biggest thing that he continues to learn, he belongs. Plus, does the All-Star game actually need a fix? I've got my hot take. I'm going to get on my soapbox today on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Magic today is February 19th, 2024. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Paolo Bancaro takes his place among the NBA's elite playing in the NBA All-Star Game. We'll talk about how he did and maybe the lessons that he learned along the way because those are most important. We'll get to that. Plus... Nack McClung is your dunk contest champion. How he has started to carve his path to the NBA with the Osceola Magic. And does the All-Star game actually need a fix? I'm going to be contrarian. I don't care. I, I'm, 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 I just enjoy basketball. We'll talk about the All-Star weekend and the feelings it engenders. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. You know, just listening to Paolo in his post-game press conference after, after the All-Star Game Sunday, and it honestly felt like this must have been just a, a pinch-me moment for him. Um, you know, I, it's great. You know, obviously all of us here in Orlando, all of us associated with the magic, all of us who are around him so much and know how hard he works. We all know he deserved this spot in the all-star game. We all know that he is one of the elite players in this league. And, and one of the guys that could potentially be, take the baton as LeBron James, Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant and enter the twilight of their careers uh, and certainly of their all-star primes. Um, we know what he is capable of doing. You know, Paolo was the youngest all-star in the all-star game. He's actually the least experienced all-star as well in his second season. This was, this was a big moment. And honestly, sometimes I think it is important to step back and think about the dreams that these guys are, are living. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, there's probably a point in your life where you dreamed of making the NBA. I know I did. It's why we still play 2K. It's why I still hang around the league. Um, we a lot of us understand, you know, there's only 400 spots in the league. There are, there are not many 300 spots in the league. There are not many spots in the league. Um, and so getting there is extremely hard. And while for a lot of these guys, it, it's preordained that they're going to make the league. Like, you know, Aaron Gordon knew he was going to go to the, going to the NBA when he was 14 years old. Paolo, you know, started going to, to pro pickup runs when he was 14, 15 years old. That's just six, seven years ago. Like, it's, it's, some of this is preordained, but it's, it's still a dream. And you could just tell Paolo was, was kind of beaming. 
to be on the floor, to, to check this goal off his checklist, to check this accolade off his checklist. You know, he grew up watching LeBron. He grew up watching Durant and, and to have worked out with him and learned something from him had to be, has to be just an unbelievable feeling. And now comes the harder part. Now comes the more difficult part. Proving that this isn't just some dream, that this is reality, that, that you belong with this group and with these players that you belong on this stage, that you truly are one of the elite players in the league. And obviously that's what Paolo Bancaro is going to be spending the rest of his career doing. Look, this first All-Star game, Paolo looked like a first-time All-Star. And a lot of first-time All-Stars have to ease their way into this thing, especially when they're not kind of traditional, like high-volume scorers who have the ball in their hands a lot. Paolo looked like a guy who was happy to defer to the more experienced players, wanted to be a good teammate, just wanted to kind of soak in the whole atmosphere and the whole environment. He scored six points, three for nine shooting, grabbed nine rebounds, added five assists. First action was an assist to Damian Lillard for a three. He missed his first two shots, one uh, an alley-oop that was partially deflected. The second was a foul on Stephen Curry that was not called. Yeah, we're going to be bitter about it. I wanted my guy to shoot 50% in the All-Star game. Um, but he got himself going. Late in the first quarter, got a, a coast-to-coast two-handed dunk. You know, he was happy to move the ball and happy to be a good teammate. That, to me, was Paolo Bancaro's All-Star exper- experience. We'll talk more about the game at the end when we get to something more global. But Bancaro seemed very, very just giddy to be on the floor and giddy to have this moment. It's one of the rare times I think that we have seen him not be this cool as a cucumber, mature dude. But here's the thing. We all know that Paolo deserves to be on this stage. We all know, and I think Paolo knows too, that this will not be his last chance to be on this stage. We all know that this is just the beginning of something. And as Paolo put it, he was happy to represent the Magic and hopes others, Franz, will be joining him on All-Star Weekend in the very near future. Hopefully Paolo will be on the Magic when Orlando gets an All-Star game again, you know, probably looking at 2029, 2030. Not so far away, by the way. Um, this, This was a moment for Paolo to step on the stage. This was a moment for Paolo to get really his first national spotlight. He got a little bit of a Tuesday uh, on, on TNT, but you know, even Reggie Miller had to say during the third quarter when they were just talking about Paolo that you know we don't see the magic a lot on national TV on TNT here. He's a lot bigger than he looks on TV. Yeah, that's that was actually my first impression of him as well. The first time I saw him in person was oh, he this this is a big dude. And the fact that at six foot ten, Paolo was able to make the most of his minutes as a passer, as a rebounder, really previews the kind of skill set that he has. I know some Magic fans were probably very, very eager to see Bancaro be on the big stage, to see him be on a national TV, and hoping and hoping and hoping that he would 
make a big impact. Whether that was at the Rising Stars game on Friday, which he didn't really do much there. Um, it's never really gotten to rhythm. Um, whether that was the skills competition where, yeah, he, he went the wrong way around the cone on the first challenge, but he was not nearly, he wasn't as bad as Anthony Edwards at least. Or in the big showcase game. The fact of the matter is, everything for Paolo and everything for this team is still new. And it takes a little while to get comfortable. It takes a little while to establish yourself with this group. But as you become a perennial all-star, as you show up every single year, you build those relationships. You prove yourself on the court time and time again through playoff battles, through tough games, through big games, through the Olymp- through the national team. You prove yourself over and over and over again. And that's how you become the megastar. That's how you become the guy that goes out there and wins MVP. This is all part of the journey. And, and, and like that, that's a big thing for me right now. That's a big thing. You know, like, yes, we want the results. We want to see the magic go as far as they can in the playoffs and, and do all that. But it's still this for this young roster, this young team, this young player. It's still about the journey, the steps along the process, the things you learn along the way. And a first all-star bid, no matter how it comes or, 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 or how he does in the game itself, is a big part of the journey. Let's make this part abundantly clear. Paolo Bancaro deserved to be on this stage. Paolo Bancaro deserved to be an all-star. Paolo Bancaro acquitted himself very well in this game, especially for a first-timer. And is on track to deserve it again. This is just the start. And if Bancaro was just easing himself onto the all-star stage, it's just to get that couch cushion nice and warm, get that indentation set, because we're going to be talking about the all-star game and Paolo Bancaro playing in it for a very, very long time. Paolo was not the only Magic representative at All-Star Weekend. We'll talk about some more hardware that the Magic took home and what Mac McClung has to do to be a consistent NBA player. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Grammarly. Uh, look, writing's hard. There's nothing worse than a blank page. And, and, and there's almost nothing as worse as worse than that, than not knowing if you ha- if you're saying what you mean to say. Certainly, I can't speak what I mean to mean to say because I don't have grammarly for speak speech, but I do have it when I write. When I write something on Orlando Magic Daily or or anywhere else, I use Grammarly to make sure I am not missing anything because I'm self-edit and self-editing is very, very hard. Make sure I'm not misspelling anything. Make sure I'm not missing anything. Make sure that I am speaking as clearly and concisely as I can. Even when I don't take Grammarly suggestions, just being able to go back, reread something, and think about it helps me as a writer. No matter what kind of work you do, 
how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. And Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. Better writing means a stronger impact. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant personalized suggestions. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. And trust me, even if you just go with the free version, it helps you so much. I cannot recommend Grammarly enough. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Locked On has now launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Paolo Bancaro was not the only representative of the Magic organization in Indianapolis. He was the only one uh, for, for the Orlando Magic. Well, kind of. We'll get to that here in a minute. But the Osceola Magic also had their two, their fair share of players. Kevon Magic two-way players, Kevon Harris and Trevlin Queen were in the G League Next Up game, I think it's called. I think it was called. Trevlin Queen was the MVP of that game. He just does nothing but win MVPs at the G League level. Um, and obviously, he's been a major contributor for the Magic this season. So the Magic did get to take home that trophy with them. And then Osceola Magic guard Mac McClung was a huge part of the weekend, um, playing very, very well for Team Detlef in the Rising Stars game as they upset. He led Team Detlef with 13 points in their upset win over Victor Wembenyama and Team Pau, depriving the NBA of Victor Wembenyama, lifting a trophy this weekend. Uh, and then, of course, Mac McClung stole the show with another fantastic dunk contest outing. Now, it, the buzz in the building wasn't as good as it was last year when he was a complete unknown to at least the wider basketball world and just dominated the event. Uh, there was definitely some controversy with the judging because nobody liked any of Jalen Brown's dunks, and yet he was in the final as, as the all-star. The right guy won. Mac McClung was the best dunker, and, and that was that. But uh, this is a good time to, to, to talk a little bit about Mac um, because a lot of people don't know him or don't really know of him. And honestly, just think of him as a dunker. I do get a lot of Magic fans who email me and message me and, and quote tweet me or at me or whatever and say, why aren't the Magic bringing Mac McClung up? Why isn't he on the Orlando Magic roster? They need shooting. They need a guard. Why isn't he there? And I would say, well, first off, He's not on the Orlando Magic. He is a member of the Osceola Magic. He is not under contract with the Magic in any way. The Magic's three two-way players are Admiral Schofield, Trevlin Queen, uh, and Kevon Harris. So McClung is on the outside. 
any team in the league can sign him. And that's always been the case because he is knocking on the door of the NBA. Um, you know, and this weekend was a great weekend for him. It was not just because he won the dunk contest, which he was very, very good at. He's an extremely athletic kid. Um, he was great in the Rising Stars game. Uh, and, and that team, the G League team, Team Detlef, really played hard. They wanted to win that tournament and kind of catch, you know, these teams sleeping a little bit. Um, again, that event is all about effort. And, and look, Paolo for Team uh, Team Tamika, you know, he tried a little bit at the beginning, um, but like his attention started to wander. He didn't hit it, hit his first couple shots and, and, you know, that kind of decreased his energy level. He had a busy weekend ahead of him. He was happy to just kind of be there. Um, but Matt McClung plays hard. And I think what we saw from him in the Rising Stars game is very emblematic of what he brings to the Osceola Magic. He put on a show in the dunk contest, but he puts on a show every night at the, at, uh, the Silver Spurs Arena uh, for the Osceola Magic. This has been a really, really, really strong season for him. For the Osceola Magic during their regular season, he is averaging 23.6 points per game and 7.4 assists per game. He's shooting 51.9% from floor and 39.3% from three. He does have three and a half turnovers per game. The ball is in his hands a lot, and the G League is a high-possession league. But he has been a key factor in Osceola getting back into the playoff picture, as has been Treble and Queen, as has been Jet Howard. Osceola is currently 10-7. and seven. They're fifth in the G League. And so... Mac McClung, who was, by the way, the starting point guard last year for the G League champion Delaware Bluecoats, there is correlation to winning. He is helping a team win. Mac McClung is very much, he very much should be on an NBA roster. I'll, I'll say that unequivocally. Like, this is an NBA player. He is too good for the G League. But there, there is a reason why the Magic ultimately did not go with him. Now, Treble and Queen also puts up big numbers in the G League. By all of our estimations, because Admiral Schofield and Kevon Harris were holdovers from last year, that last spot in October in training camp was down to Trevel and Queen and Mac McClung. And at the end of the day, it sure felt like the Magic picked Trevel and Queen because of his length and size. They wanted the size. They wanted the defense. You know, Mac, I think, still has a ways to improve on defense. It's not that he doesn't try hard. He's just... He's small. Like we have that in Cole Anthony. We see that with Cole Anthony. I don't dislike Cole Anthony's defense. I think he tries really hard, but you put him in the wrong matchup, he gets the wrong switch, he gets in trouble. That's unfortunately the Mac McC that's unfortunately going to be the thing that's holding Mac McClung back. But his offensive skill is great. He shoots the ball well. He controls the tempo really, really well. He distributes well. He finishes around the basket well. This is a kid that should be, I don't know if he's a kid anymore, but this is a player who should be in the NBA. And what he's looking for is an opportunity. Unfortunately, the Magic do not have that opportunity for him. They, they, they just don't at this, at this juncture. You know, maybe if there's an injury, maybe if they had to, they'd, they, you know, dump up, they'd dump one of their two-way two -way guys to bring him in. But the Magic don't have an empty roster spot. They don't have the space for him. I will, you know, I want him on the Osceola Magic. I want the Osceola Magic to do well, but any NBA team with an open roster spot, give Mac a look. That dude, you know, it's, he's not just a dunker. And, and I think he is a little bit hesitant to be in the dunk contest because it creates this perception that you are just a dunker. He is not. 
This is a player. This dude can play. But he has to get that opportunity. And finding that opportunity is obviously the most difficult part. It's the most difficult thing to find in the NBA. But Mac McClung put on another show. He put on another great athletic display. I think his first dunk when he jumped over the guy and then tossed the ball down to himself before dunking it back over his head was just incredible. And how that only got like a what 47-4, 48-4, something like that was beyond me. That was a 50. His last dunk, dunking over, clearing Shaq completely and dunking it was amazing. Like the dude is a crazy athlete. He was by far the best dunker on the evening and deserved to take home a second straight dunk contest trophy. As I mentioned, that part of All-Star Weekend was a bit rough at times. We'll talk about All-Star Weekend as a whole now that the Magic are actually involved in it. I'm going to get on my soapbox and tell you why All-Star Weekend doesn't have a problem. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver who likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capability to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. They have class-exclusive Google built-in as your, is all, your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right in to the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Or perhaps you want to try the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. The 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing when Adventure Calls the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com today. Okay, let's talk about it. I I need to get up on my soapbox about this because this happens every year. And I'm pretty sure I I fire off the same tweet at some point. And I see the old guard complain about it. I see young people complain about it. I feel like this needs to be said. I I really do. There is nothing wrong with All-Star Weekend. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, It's... You know, they tweak it every, they tweak it every year, like the, the Sabrina Inescu. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, the Sabrina versus Steph Curry challenge was awesome. I want to see them integrate more WNBA players so we can showcase how awesome the WNBA is. Um, that was a great addition. The skills comp, the skills challenge needs to be completely reworked or gotten rid of entirely because it's just so convoluted and frankly random. I, I don't like the skills competition anymore. I used to really like the obstacle course. You know, again, I'm a big believer that simpler is battle, better. Make things simple. People will get it. That that's why a three-point contest rocks every year. Um, but ultimately, everyone just gets a, you know, 
the dunk contest is big and important and, and the judging was awful this year, but it's always awful. Um, but everyone talks about all-star Sun, all-star Sunday, the all-star game itself. That, that is the centerpiece of the weekend. That is the thing that kind of ties the weekend together. And when it's bad, it feels like the whole weekend is bad. And honestly, I, I, I just think a lot of people decide it's bad before it even begins. There, I think a lot of people have an idealized version of what the All-Star game is supposed to be. Like, like we all remember the classic All-Star games. 2020 was a classic game. The Allen Iverson game, I'm blanking on. 2001, I think it was, was, was a classic All-Star game in Washington, D.C. You know, we have these All-Star games with these indelible moments. Tracy McGrady throwing the ball, throwing the ball off the backboard. Uh, I believe that was 2003 or 2002, actually. Um, there are these games with indelible moments that make the whole game worth it. But lately, there's just been this narrative that the All-Star game's boring. No one's trying. There's there's no competitive fire, no competitive spirit, and, and it's not like the old days. Well, Guess what? I don't think that's true. I think what we're seeing on All-Star Weekend is what we've always seen. Half efforts on defense, if that, um, for the first three quarters. And then if the game is close, the competitive juices start to, fl- start to flow. Otherwise, it is a highlight factor. Otherwise, it is guys just kind of show, you know, showboating and showcasing themselves. And the defense maybe giving some attention if there's a nice one-on-one matchup, but not exerting themselves too much because the most important thing that happens in the All-Star game is no one gets hurt. Um, This is how the All-Star game always is. What might be different now is that, A, two things, or three things actually. Three things might be different now. The first is the skill level of these players, especially the shooting skill, is incredible. Damian Lillard pulled up from half court twice in this game. The East scored 211 points. And look, I was cheering for 200. I was super excited to see them get 200. That that kept me interested in the game. I was really enjoying that fourth quarter, trying to see, because I didn't know if they were going to get it. I played plenty of games at 2K when I thought I was on a good pace for a challenge. And then I get to the last two minutes, like, oh, shoot, I need to get like two, three more things to happen. I got to start, you know, it it felt like 2K. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, we got to get to 200. Oh, we better book it. Um, I enjoyed that. I, I, I like maybe that's just, I don't know. I don't know, but I enjoyed it. I had fun. Um, yeah, but they scored 211 points. Like that, that's not normal. That's not supposed to happen. But the shooting skill in this league, especially among the elite guards, is just insane. On top of that, unlike, say, the early 2000s when Tracy McGrady was in the All Star game. Offenses have more pace to them. Pace around the league is up compared to 20 years ago. Uh, you know, this is the fastest pace that the league's ever played at. So it's not just, or it's not most efficient shooting the, ma- the league's ever played at. Plus it's a fast pace now. And so teams are more likely to go up and down rather than, or players are more designed to go up and down rather than say, and this is no knock on these players and no knock on this era. This is just the era that it was. Have Allen Iverson ISO on the side or, you know, Kobe or T-Mac ISO or Shaq post up. 
that's not the game anymore. That's not what makes these players all-stars. And then the third thing is, everyone's spaced out now. If you're looking for, you know, these all-star games are a reflection of the way the game is played. And essentially a reflection of how the game would be played if there is no defense. Everyone is so spaced out now that if you're not playing strong defense, if you're not playing engaged defense, if you're not switching everything, you have an easy drive to the basket or you have an easy kick out for a three if the defense collapses. That's what the five-out offense is supposed to do. And so if you find, I mean, and there's plenty of people who complain about the style of the NBA these days, and, and you know, maybe they have a point, maybe the All-Star game is a good, you know, example to say, like, see, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to play a half game, a half effort game um, in this style and make it entertaining. Okay. Like you, you might have a point there. Um, it, this, this is how the league is played now. This is how the game is played. And so this all-star game is a reflection of that. And so, if, you know, I found this entertaining, I enjoyed it. You know, I was working on some stuff. I was watching. I was like, okay, this is, you know, it is what it is. But the fact, but the fact is no matter the era, at least in the modern era, wherever you want to divide, make that dividing line in the modern era, nobody tries unless the game is close in the fourth quarter. That's how every all-star game goes. And for whatever reason, people think that's not how it always was or has more recently been and want this to be a hard game. They want guys to go all out or, or, you know, as Kenny put it after the game to play at a summer league pace, like summer league is, you know, those summer league, those like drew league runs, they're usually not played five out like this. Those those leagues don't play like the NBA because those leagues don't have the shooters that the NBA has. And so, honestly, I don't think it needs to be fixed. I think this is just how it is. And you can either be entertained by it or you you cannot be. Now, does, should Adam Silver, should the league sit down with its stars and say like, hey, can we slow things down? We're not asking you to put in more effort. We're just saying, don't shoot as many threes. Just just be conscious of it. You know, run some more half court, create, you know, find one-on-one matchups and play those up a little bit more. Like we all remember the clip of Shaq trying to break down. I think it was Dirk one-on-one or, you know, whoever it was one-on-one from the top of the key. Find pockets to create these moments. Maybe that will bring people back or make people say like, oh, the all-star game's fine. But like I, like I said, like with these things, simple is better. Like I, I could, you know, I was at the Pro Bowl. I was at the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl was not good. The Pro Bowl is never good. And I credit the NFL. I think they're trying to do things differently. They're trying to say, okay, this thing didn't work as a traditional all-star game where we just line everyone up and play. Let's try and make it a flag football game. It's like, okay, it's not bad. It's better. 
do some mini games in there. Those are fun. Those get people competitive. Those get those are different. The NHL went to three on three and had a little three on three tournament. That's not bad. That's fun. It forces people to play. It forces people to to be engaged and, and is something different. Maybe the if if the ratings are so bad and everyone's complaining, maybe the NBA has to do a gimmick like that. They tried the Elam ending gimmick, which was great. They tried the the Team captains, pick your teams gimmick. That was fine for a little while. Maybe they do need to go to a different format. Do a three-on-three tournament. You know, I I pitched saying like, okay, All-Star Saturday night's the most consistent. Let's just do mini games. Things that are low impact, low effort, but you can still showcase these players' talents and get their competitive juices going. You know, and 2K has clutch time. Maybe you do little mini five-minute games. Like, I don't know. But like I said, simple is always better. And frankly, in our day and age, and especially with the way the NBA is covered, it sure feels like sometimes people just like to complain. It it sometimes feels like, it sometimes feels like everyone's already determined something is bad before they watch it. And look, I'm not sitting here and saying that you're watching good basketball during the All-Star game. You're not. The effort the, the effort is low on defense especially. Guys are chucking threes. If I were to make a change, I would say, hey, you're limited to 10 three-point attempts per quarter. Let's, let, let's ease off the threes. Like I joked during the game, Maybe the way to fix the all-star game is to get rid of the three-point line. You're losing Dame, you're losing Steph if you do that. But maybe the key is to force people to drive. Um, Steph Steph Curry was actually on, on the mic on TNT joking. I forget who he was joking with. I think it was Anthony Davis saying like, look, back in the old days, you chase someone off the three-point line, they just drive into, drive into the paint. We got to get people going into the paint. Today, I you know chased Dame Lillard off the three-point line. He just took another three. That's kind of the NBA today. And you can love it, you can hate it, but the All-Star Game is a reflection of that. And so, frankly, I don't think there's a problem with the All-Star Game. I think it's just shooting luck, and this is how All-Star Games always are. When they're great, they're great. When they're mediocre, you know, I had fun. I had fun during the Chase to 200. Obviously, I had fun watching Paolo, Paolo wasn't super engaged. I wouldn't, you know, like he he did his thing. Um, but that's All Star Weekend. Like I, I think people expect too much of it instead of enjoying it for what it is, what it represents, and celebrating whatever basketball we do get this weekend. Because frankly, All Star Weekend's not about the events. It's not. It's it's a business weekend for the league. And they put on a great event this weekend. There are a lot of fun storylines. There are a lot of fun things that happen. And if you stop complaining for a little bit and just enjoy it for what it is, you can find some joy in this thing too. I, again, I had fun watching the chase for 200. When are you ever going to see a team score 200 points in a basketball game? That was fun. Carl Anthony Town scoring 50. <laughs> it was, was hilarious and fun. Just find some joy. And if it's all if it's not for you, that's fine. It's not real basketball anyway. It doesn't count for anything. We got a really fun season. 
and a fun playoff push coming. So take the night off. It's okay. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be angry with you. We're going to talk though about the rest of that season on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, that you're tuning in, Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the podcast to your podcast enabling device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can go find me on Twitter there at omagicdaily. And be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Hub. I truly thank you all for your support. I'm hoping to make, I'm hoping to uh, go on the road for the play-in or playoffs um, as they, as they go on. And your support is really, really important so that I can do that. So uh, if it, you get extra content and, and I'm always open to new ideas, so definitely check out my Patreon page uh, as well. Again, that's patreon.com slash Orlando magic hub. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Lockdown Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's now also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Lockdown Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. That's going to do it for me today. On our next episode of Locked on Magic coming up tomorrow, we looked back at the season that was or has been so far before the All-Star break. Now coming out of the All-Star break, let's look ahead to the rest of the season and what the Magic have to do and what the Magic should be trying to accomplish the rest of the year. We're going to get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.